The Productive Woman, Episode 398. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This week, we're going to talk about productive uses of our time. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 398. So this week, we're going to talk about how we can use our time productively. Time management is a traditional component and maybe the main component of how we think about productivity. And although we can't manage our time in the sense of creating more of it or banking it or moving it around, we certainly can manage how we use our time, what we do with the 24 hours we have in each day, and we can learn to be more effective in how we do that. We all get to choose what we do with our time. It may not feel like it sometimes. I I know I've had a week this past week that was um, pretty stressful because there were so many demands on my time. But the truth is we get to choose. There are, as in everything, consequences for the choices we make, but we do have the power to choose what we do with our time. And there is no one size fits all approach. Each of us can and and has to decide how to make the best, most effective use of our time given our current circumstances, our, our age, our stage of life, our personality type, our relationships, and so on. Uh, everything that we want out of life, everything that life expects of us, um, we can decide how to use our time in that context. There are, though, uh, certain universal concepts, I think, when it comes to using our time. In other words, some uses are more productive for pretty much everybody, while others are less productive. And I thought I would share some of those that came to mind to me this week as I was thinking about this. So some things are always going to be productive uses of our time, not all of our time, but some of our time can be well spent on the some of the things that I'm going to talk about now. First one is planning. I think that's almost always a productive use of our time. And what I mean by that is just regular planning for our day and our week, as well as planning special projects or events. And Planning is important. It shouldn't take up all of our time, but it is important and a productive use of our time because when we plan, we are uh, increasing our awareness of what needs to be done with our time and how we're actually using our time. By sitting down to plan the day, the week, whatever, or plan a project or a special event, we have to, in order to plan, make sure we're very clear on what we're doing and how it lines up with our intended outcomes. So when we are planning, we are intentionally thinking about what outcome we want, 
and what needs to be done to achieve that outcome. And so increasing awareness and intentionality is always a good thing. Uh, planning also is productive because it can avoid losing time due to oversights. If we've sat down and thought through the project or the day or, or whatever it is we're planning, we can make sure we capture everything that needs to be done, uh, whether it's gathering materials, gathering resources, getting help, whatever it may be, or what the steps are. If we don't do that, if we just dive into doing a thing, we may lose time because we miss a step and we have to go back and do it over again, or we get started and we realize we don't have all the materials we need or the, the person that needs to be involved, and so we have to wait while we gather those things. So planning is almost always a very productive use of our time. Again, it's not something we should get lost in the weeds of, of, of planning, not spending too much time on it, but sufficient time to make sure that we're prepared for the day, the project, the event, whatever it is we're planning. So I, I think, again, planning is a productive use of our time pretty much always. A second productive use of our time or a second activity that is a productive use of our time is learning. Um, and by that, I mean maybe learning new skills, whether personal or professional, or learning new information. Learning is uh, something that always can contribute to our productivity, both in the sense of getting the things done that matter to us and in that sense of making a life that matters it contributes in a lot of different ways. First of all, personal growth. Um, learning new things boosts self-confidence and learning something new can reignite our motivation. So maybe if your job or your whatever project you you have um, spend time on, um, you've kind of lost your motivation, it's gotten a little stale because we're doing the same thing over and over again, and it's maybe even become too easy, too routine, too rote. Well, learning something new can really uh, reignite that motivation. I think of a conversation I had with my husband in the last few days. He's been uh, an audio editor for many years. He's not, I mentioned last week, and I've mentioned before, that he edits the audio for this podcast. Uh, he has many years of experience doing that, and he's he's good at it, and he can do it without a whole lot of, you know, huge effort. Well, recently he has started learning how to edit video and get better at that, learning the programs and stuff. And he was saying now it it makes it more fun because it's something new that he's he's got to learn about and master. And that's true for all of us. It can help us in that way. Learning something new, whether it's a new skill or certainly new information, can widen our perspective and expand our understanding of the world. And I think in this context, learning somebody else's point of view, you know, reading a book by someone that maybe you, you know, comes from a background that's different from yours or who has a, a point of view that's different from yours. We've talked about this before. The value of that is it can open up new ideas to us and expand our understanding of the world and other people's place and our place in it. 
Learning can result in career advancement as we get better at what we do and make ourselves more useful to our employer or our clients or customers if we work for ourselves. Uh, I read one article from Walden University that said only 25% of hiring managers say job seekers have the skills their company needs. The article goes on to say, if you want to increase your chances of getting a good job, you'll want to take the time to acquire the skills employers are looking for. And I think that's a great idea. So again, learning new skills around your professional life can help boost your uh, career and your income earning potential and, you know, your motivation to do your job well. And finally, although this isn't, you know, there are other benefits, but the last one on my list is learning can help keep our brain healthy. Um, And for, you know, for someone like me who is getting older, uh, you know, I'm in my early 60s now, I am aware that there's evidence that cognitive abilities can decline as you get older, unless you do something uh, to prevent that. And there are tons of studies that show that continuing to challenge your brain by learning new things can help keep your mind sharp as you age. So learning is value that way. And I'm going to link in the show notes to an article uh, from Harvard Medical School's Harvard Health blog talking about um, back to school, learning a new skill can slow cognitive aging. And there's a whole bunch of interesting information in there about how learning can help us keep our brains uh, growing and sharp and, and our cognitive abilities strong. A third uh, activity that is a productive use of time is creative pursuits. And that can be you know, anything that you might enjoy. It might be writing, uh, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, poetry, screenplays, letters, even journals. Uh, or painting, singing, playing an instrument, needlework of some sort, gardening or dance, even bullet journaling can be a, a very creative outlet. We've had some conversations recently about that in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group where people talk about how they use bullet journaling as sort of their planner type thing, but it also has a very creative element uh, because it's such an adaptable approach to um to planning and journaling and all sorts of other things. Uh, So any kind of creative pursuit can be a value. I recently bought a Cricut, if you know, and that's C-R-I-C-U-T. It's a cutting machine that you can control from your, your computer or your mobile device. And I have never been an artsy or crafty person before, but I have been having a lot of fun learning how to use this machine to create things, greeting cards, labels for, you know, my pantry and stuff, all kinds of other things, artistic things that it had never occurred to me to try before. I don't have a ton of time to spend on it, but I feel like it is a very productive use of my time when I do it, both because I have a, a, a result that comes from it, a product, something I have created, but just the, the experience of learning this new thing and, and kind of playing with it and learning how it works. Well, how 
do creative pursuits contribute to our productivity? There's a bunch of ways. Um, just starting with personal satisfaction and, and happiness. I read one article in Forbes that talks about that very thing. And, and I'm going to quote from it because I thought they said it really well. So in the article, they say, you've probably heard of flow. It's the state you get in when you're completely absorbed in something. Have you ever been working on a project and completely lost all sense of self and time? That's flow. It reduces anxiety, boosts your mood, and even slows your heart rate. And the article goes on to say, it's not just being in flow that helps your happiness. Repetitive creative motions like knitting, drawing, or writing help activate flow and are all tasks that create a result. And when you succeed at creating a result, no matter what it is, your brain is flooded with dopamine, the feel-good chemical that actually helps motivate you. Whether or not you're aware of your increased happiness, the hit of dopamine you get after being in flow will drive and influence you toward similar behavior. And I will link to that article because they talk about a lot of benefits of creativity. Uh, Mental health. That same Forbes article notes that studies show that creative engagement not only reduces depression and isolation, but can also help people with dementia tap back into their personalities and sharpen their senses. And it further says a creative act such as crafting can help focus the mind and has even been compared to meditation due to its calming effects on the brain and body. This writer says even just gardening or sewing releases dopamine, a natural antidepressant. Creativity reduces anxiety, depression, and stress, and it can also help you process trauma. Studies have found that writing helps people manage their negative emotions in a productive way, and painting or drawing helps people express trauma or experiences that they find too difficult to put into words. So our mental health can be improved by creative pursuits, and that makes them a very productive uh, use of our time. Furthermore, creative pursuits can challenge our mind. And we talked about that, um, you know, we'll talk about that more later uh, in other activities that can help us be stronger and, and you know, mentally. The, the, according to the Forbes article that I was mentioning before, studies show that people who play instruments have better connectivity between their left and right brains. The left brain is responsible for the motor functions while the right brain focuses on melody. When the two hemispheres of your brain communicate with each other, your cognitive function improves. So again, challenging our mind, just like learning uh, new things can keep our our brain sharp and our cognitive functions strong. Um, Doing creative activities does that as well. And there is much more that any sort of creative pursuit can contribute to our, our well-being and our, and our productivity, our, our making a life that matters. Uh, I will link in the show notes to an article from the National Youth Council of Ireland called Why is Creativity Important and What Does It Contribute? Because they have a long list of things that are, have been found to be the results of, 
of being involved in creative pursuits. It engages the mind. It enables alternative ways of thinking. It creates empathy. It connects us to ourselves and it nurtures confidence. So all of those, again, are, are great things uh, that contribute to our well-being and our making a meaningfully productive life. The fourth activity that can be a very productive use of time is doing kind things uh, for other people specifically, but just generally doing kind things. Kindness is a very productive um, activity and emotion. Um, so what is kindness? One writer uh, wrote in the, this is in the UK's Mental Health Foundation's Kindness Matters Guide. And I, I, again, will link to this in the show notes. And in there, they describe kindness as choosing to do something that helps others or yourself motivated by genuine warm feelings. And I, I would, as a side note, I believe that uh, while kindness can be motivated by genuine warm feelings, actually doing kind acts can generate genuine warm feelings. So it, do, it doesn't mean any less if you do something kind for someone when you're not feeling particularly warm toward them. It actually will change how you feel over time. And so kindness is choosing to do something that helps someone else, or you can be kind to yourself as well. And so it can apply um, to uh, doing something kind for those in your own household, uh, for friends, for coworkers, for those in need, even for strangers, doing something kind uh, can make uh, a big difference in your state of mind. And we'll talk in, here in just a second about some of the benefits that you experience by acting in a kind way. And this UK Kindness Matters Guide suggests volunteering, doing something for a good cause, or just general acts of kindness. Uh, I, I encourage you to check out their article. It's really good. I got some great ideas from it, but some of their specific ideas for doing kind things as a productive use of your time. Um, they don't talk about it in those terms, but I'm saying my point is that doing this is, I think, a very productive use of your time. So some of their ideas are to volunteer for a local community organization Offer your expertise and support as a mentor for those who are struggling. Check in safely with a neighbor who is isolated or shielding. See if there's anything you can do to support your children's school or nursery. I think that means like a daycare. Uh, this is a you know written by someone in the UK. Um, other suggestions: involve your friends and neighbors in community projects. Or you could start up an online book club or film club. Offer to skill share with a friend. Uh, teach You could teach guitar, dance, or a new recipe, and they could teach you something as well. Uh, call a friend you haven't spoken to for a while. That can be a great act of kindness. Or tell a family member how much you love and appreciate them. So those are just a few ideas of simple things we can do uh, to express kindness uh, and use, be, use our time very well. Well, why does it matter? How does it benefit us? Well, according to the Mayo Clinic, it's good for our physical and mental health. Uh, in an article I read on the Mayo Clinic website called The Art of Kindness, uh, they had this to say, 
Kindness has been shown to increase self-esteem, empathy, and compassion and improve mood. It can decrease blood pressure and cortisol, a stress hormone, which directly impacts stress levels. People who give of themselves in a balanced way also tend to be healthier and live longer. Kindness can increase your sense of connectivity with others, which can directly impact loneliness, improve low mood, and enhance relationships in general. It also can be contagious. Looking for ways to show kindness can give you a focus activity, especially if you tend to be anxious or stressed in some social situations. So I love that. I think, you know, with that last sentence, I think of if you're a person like me who is on the, um, you know, tends to be not so much shy, but an introvert. And maybe you don't feel terribly comfortable in social situations where there are lots of people. Well, you can do something kind to sort of get your mind off your own discomfort. Uh, somebody taught me this years ago was would be to look around the perimeter of the room and find someone maybe who's, who's feeling the same way you are, who's standing alone and work your way over to that person and introduce yourself and uh, and, you know, just kind of make a connection that way by uh, ag- extending that kindness to someone else. You get your mind off your own discomfort and your own anxiety and you focus on someone else. So I love uh, what the Mayo Clinic has to say. They, they also say that physiologically kindness can positively change your brain. Being kind boosts serotonin and dopamine, which are neurotransmitters in the brain that give you feelings of satisfaction and well-being and cause the pleasure reward centers in your brain to light up. Endorphins, which are your body's natural painkiller, also can be released. So uh, that's, (laughs) to me, it's a great and very productive use of time to do something kind for someone else because they benefit, but you also get benefits from it as well. Another article summarizes what they call seven life-changing benefits of being kind. And it kind of uh, echoes some of what the Mayo Clinic has to say, uh, that it boosts your immune system, it's good for your heart. That article says oxytocin, which we now know is boosted by being kind, also expands your blood vessels, which reduces blood pressure. And I thought that was interesting because I had a physical exam with my doctor a couple weeks ago. And for the first time ever in my life, they told me that my blood pressure was on the high side. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do some things to fix that. And now I've learned that being kind may help. In addition, this article says it can reduce anxiety. It helps build your village, you know, your community. It gives you a sense of control over your own life and emotions, and it gives you a break from stress and anxiety. So being kind does a lot of good things for other people and for yourself, and therefore is, I think, a really great and very productive use of our time. A fifth activity that can be a a productive use of our time is pursuing excellence at our job. And by that, I mean, one article defines that as performing at your highest level. And this is not, I'm not here talking about pursuing perfection because none of us is perfect, right? 
Uh, none of, we all fall short of that sort of ideal we have in our minds of what we ought to be. But pursuing excellence, doing the best we're capable of, and that may be a moving target because as you learn, like we talked earlier, as you uh, develop your skills, uh, excellence uh, sort of raises up a notch. But nevertheless, pursuing excellence, doing a good job, um, you know, that, that good work ethic of doing the best we can at whatever our job is, whether it's, um, you know, at home raising our children or out there leading a country, whatever it is to pursue excellence is always a good use of time because uh, you are making a greater contribution to your organization, to your clients, to your customers, to, to your family, whoever it is you're working with, and therefore making the world a better place for them and for you. And you also get some personal satisfaction out of pursuing excellence. I, I read a really interesting article uh, by a woman, and I didn't mark her name down, but I do. will have this linked in the show notes. Uh, the article was called Forget Success, Pursue Excellence Instead. And she talks about the, the sort of tension between uh, her desire to pursue success and the realization that what we really should be going after is excellence, doing our very best work in whatever we're doing. And she said something that I thought was kind of thought provoking. She says, excellence takes my ego out of the equation. It means divorcing my output, my salary, and my followers from my self-worth. It means pursuing an activity for its own sake, deriving my happiness, not from the result of my work, but from the work itself. So anything we can do, what I take from this and from the rest of the things she had to say in the article is that anything we can do to uh, set our mindset on pursuing excellence in our work, whatever our work might be, is a very productive use of our time uh, for the benefits that the, the, the people we work with um, and the world at large and we ourselves get from that that determination to do the very best work we, we are capable of at any given time. Uh, the sixth activity that I think is always a good use of time, and we've talked about this in the past, so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here, but it's nurturing relationships. And by that, I mean spending time, energy, and attention with and on the other human beings we come in contact with. It means listening to understand. It is um, doing whatever it takes to nurture those relationships that are important to us, whether it's uh, a spouse or partner, a child, siblings, our parents, our coworkers, our clients, whatever relationships are important in our individual lives, any time we spend nurturing those relationships is going to be a productive use of time. I think because for most of us, it's the relationship with other people that give our lives meaning, right? And so if we are uh, going to invest time anywhere, it should be in those relationships that matter to us. The, the final one on my list, and there are other 
obviously productive uses of time, but I didn't want this to be an hour long episode. So I kind of limited my list. Uh, so this, the final one on my list is taking care of our body and our mind. I think those are, are always worthwhile activities, always a productive use of our time. And by that, I'm talking about, you know, getting enough sleep and rest, moving our bodies regularly, uh, eating the right foods, um, spending time, quiet time, whether it's meditation or prayer or just walking, you know, outside in the quiet without noise coming at us, all those sorts of things that we think of uh, with respect to taking care of both our, our physical, our mental, our emotional, and our spiritual selves always are a good and valuable use of our time. For obvious reasons, we're going to be healthier in all of those ways. Uh, and then, therefore, we're going to have better capacity to do the things that are important to us and to enjoy doing those things. It's hard to enjoy even the things that are meaningful in your life if you're not well, if you don't get enough sleep, if your body is, is you know, in pain or if your mind is in pain. So if we don't take care of ourselves, it's hard to create or to enjoy a meaningfully productive life. And so I think any of those activities that help us to take care of our body, our mind, our emotions, all of those things are going to be really useful, productive uses of our time. I, I wanted to, before I wrap up, I, I thought I'd point out what I think are just a few less productive uses of our time. And, um, Again, every everybody's life is different. Everyone's priorities are different. And you need to sort of identify for yourselves what is the best use of your time. But there are certain things that I think almost universally are less than productive uses of our time. And the first one that came to mind for me, and I'm pointing at me <laughs> as I'm saying this, is just mindless social media scrolling. I think this is often done because we haven't done some of the other things. We haven't planned our time and made plans for what we're going to do with our leisure time uh, that's not committed to work. And so, uh, you know, we just pull up our phone and we start scrolling through Facebook or, or Instagram or whatever, you know, your social media outlet of choice is. I know I do that. And it's something I'm trying to uh, recognize as a weakness in me in my time management and find a better way of using my time. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about intentional and well-managed use of social media for a purpose, whether it's to convey information, to maintain connections with other people. Um, but, uh, you know, even, even at that social media, maybe isn't the best way to do those things. Maybe we can maintain our connections in a better way by picking up the phone and having a conversation with someone rather than, you know, liking their Facebook posts or something. But nevertheless, uh, I, I'm sort of distinguishing when I say that social media scrolling is not a great productive use of our time. I'm really talking mostly and thinking mostly about that sort of mindless scrolling we do uh, when we don't have, can't think of what else to do, we haven't planned, or we don't want to do what we should be doing, or when we're bored. 
and so maybe a better alternative is to plan ahead for those times when you're bored, have a list of other things, maybe one of those creative pursuits, maybe instead of picking up my phone and scrolling through Facebook, I could spend a few minutes working on a project on my, my cricket machine or, you know, writing in a journal or whatever it is, but there are better ways to use our time, more productive ways, I guess, to use our time than scrolling through social media. A second uh, activity that I think is pretty much always a waste of time, it's certainly less productive than some of the other things we've talked about, is judging or criticizing yourself, beating yourself up for your real or imagined mistakes. Now, I'm here, I'm not talking about being objective and honestly aware of your own weaknesses. We all have them. And it's okay to acknowledge those, to identify those, if it's done with kindness, going back to the other list, kindness toward ourself, and an intentional plan to change. If it's something you don't like about yourself, if it's a mistake you've made that needs to be corrected or a character quality that you wish you didn't have, that's it's okay to identify those things. But instead of dwelling on our failures or our inadequacies, we can simply acknowledge that they exist, recognize that we are human, right? We're not perfect and we're never going to be perfect. And then start to identify new habits of thought and action that will help us be more like the person we want to be. Whether it's apologizing for a mistake or changing a habit that will help us to overcome something we see as a weakness in ourselves. All of those things are better uses of our time than just sort of wallowing in criticize, criticism of ourselves, judging ourselves as lacking, beating ourselves up mentally for what we've done or what we imagine we might have done. A third uh, less productive use of our time is criticizing other people or especially trying to get other people to change, whether we're talking about the people in our home, at work, or in the world. It is, I think, a waste of time to do those things. A better use of time, in my opinion, is to focus on our own personal development and improvement. I heard a a moving and very thought-provoking talk this week about this very issue uh, with respect to a certain event uh, that everybody in the world has heard about recently here in Texas. And this, uh, to, to my surprise, maybe this wouldn't be a surprise to you, but it was a surprise to me where this thought-provoking talk and very well-thought-out, uh, compassionate and articulate uh, expression was from actor-comedian Russell Brand. And I'll put a link to his, this, it was a video thing that I saw on my Instagram feed from him. And it really moved me in deeply and really got me thinking about, about this. It's a a pretty long, I think it might be 10 or 15 minutes, but very well worth watching and listening to and thinking about what he has to say. And among the other things he shared, he mentioned that He tries to think every day about how he can make the life of each person he meets that day a little better. And that really spoke to me. And it's something I'm trying to remember to think about each day 
instead of criticizing people or try wishing other people would change, you know, wishing the world would change, I think it's a better use of our time to, to focus inward on this. And what can I do personally to make the world a better place? And this, this is one of them. As you interact with individuals throughout the day, whether it's the grocery store clerk or your husband or your boss or whoever it is, having a thought in your mind of how could I make this person's day a little better, this person's life a little better. Uh, I think if we all did that, uh, the world really would improve. And then finally, I think it's a, not a terribly productive use of our time to dwell on what we don't have, whether it's money or talent or beauty or skills or youth or whatever it might be. Instead, focus on what you do have and focus on being grateful for what you do have. And it can also be productive if you've identified something you don't have that you wish you had uh, to spend some time developing a plan to achieve that thing you want. Uh, In this context, I was reminded of um, a life coach school uh, director, founder, uh, Brooke Castillo and her, the exercise she recommends of making a list of 20 or however many, 20 things you want. Okay. So you're going to s- sit down and write out a list of 20 things that you want, but here's the twist on it. Every other thing on the list has to be something you already have. So you alternate between things you want that you don't yet have and things that you want and you already have. So as an example, I was trying to think of, you know, things that I want and to follow this sort of approach of alternating things I don't have and things that I want and do have. So the first thing that came to mind is I really want to take an extended trip to Europe and see some of the the places there that I've read about. So that's one thing I want that I haven't done yet. Uh, the second thing I put on my list is I want a loving and faithful husband, and I already have one. So yay. Uh, the third thing on my list is I want to lose weight. And the fourth thing on my list is I want a comfortable home that I enjoy living in and sharing with other people, and I already have one. And that's just an example, and you could go on, and so I encourage you to do that. So those are just a few thoughts. I guess seven Uh, productive uses of our time for activities that are maybe less productive and alternatives to those that we can maybe consider. At the end of the day, what is a productive use of time? I think, in my opinion, we're using our time most productively and most effectively when we invest it in activities that are in line with our own priorities, our guiding principles, uh, and and that move us in the direction of accomplishing our goals and creating a life that matters as we each define it for ourselves. Not to create a life that we think we should have, but the life that matters as, as we each define it. And in order to use our time to invest it in activities that are in line with all of that, this requires a really deep awareness of what all that means. What is a life that matters as you define it? What are your personal priorities? What are your guiding principles? We've talked about those in the past. I'll try to remember to put links in the show notes to episodes where we've talked about guiding principles and so on. But in order to accomplish that, 
that is to use our time to advance those things, we have to be aware of what that means to us as an individual. We also have to be deeply aware of how we're actually spending our time and how that lines up with those priorities, principles, and goals. And it also requires intentional and you know recurring monitoring and reevaluation and making adjustments where needed as our life, our priorities, and our goals change. So those are my thoughts on this, on the productive use of our time. I would love to know what you think. What do you think are the most productive uses of your time? And what are you doing to ensure that you make those a regular part of your schedule, that they show up not just in your mind and heart, but on your, on your calendar? I'd love to hear that. You can share the, that or anything else in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 398. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. As I've said before, if you are a woman who listens to this show and you are a member of or you're, you're wanting to join the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, uh, this is a great place to have these conversations where we can encourage each other uh, and motivate each other in the productive use of our time. So we can make lives that matter f- for ourselves, for those we love, and the w- world around us. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing your questions, comments, thoughts, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. I'd love to hear from you. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you found it worthwhile. I hope you felt like it was a productive use of your time. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.